Let us pray. Holy Spirit, pour out upon us wisdom and understanding, that being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be opened to receive all that leads to life and holiness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first reading is from the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 7 to 9 and 15 to 25. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat from every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as a partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field, but for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed." The next, re- uh, the next reading is in, in the Old Testament, Psalm 104, verses 1 to 4, 10 to 15, and 27 to 30. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord O, my, o my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Wrapped in light as with a garment, you stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds of your chariot. You ride on the, wing, on the wings of the wind. You make the winds of treasures flare and flame your ministers. You make the springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. Give drink to every wild animal. The wild asses quench their thirst. By the streams of the birds of the air, have their habitation, they sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountain. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the cattle, 
and plants of the people to use to bring forth food for the, from the earth. And wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. These all look to you to give in their food in due, in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Our third reading is from the New Testament, Colossians, chapter 3, reading verses 1 to 11. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on, the, on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. New Testament, Mark 16, verses 9 to 15. Jesus appears to Mary Madeline. Now after he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Madeline, from who he had cast out the seven demons. She went out and told those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. But when they heard that he was alive and she had seen her and seen by her, they would not believe it. Jesus appears to two disciples. After this, he appears in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Jesus commissions to the, to the disciples. Later he appeared to the eleven themselves, as they were sitting at the table, and he were upbraided them, and their lack of faith and stubbornness. Because they had not believed those who had saw him after he had risen, and he said to them, Go into the world and proclaim the good news to the, to the, to who, to the whole creation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you remember how it used to be? How often we look to the past 
and remember. Either as a critique of the current situation in which we are living or as a wistful remembrance of past times. And I suppose if you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Often, when we are thinking about the past, we are longing for days that, for whatever reason, seemed easier and better. We remember the days of our youth, when the snow was as high as the eaves of the barn. Or the, and the wonderful thing about childhood is that you're not responsible for anything at all. All of the worries and the concerns that go along with that much snow, well, that wasn't your responsibility. All that you had to do was jump out of the, door, or out of the doors from the hayloft into the snow. Or we remember days when, for whatever reason, we define as better. Maybe we remember the 1950s and the birth of the middle-class lifestyle to which we've all grown accustomed Days when everyone seemed to have a good-paying job and to be able to get a house and a car. And churches in town were full to overflowing on Sunday mornings. Infrequently do we remember days gone by or past events because they were times of immense suffering. Sometimes we do, but not often. Memory is a funny thing. It's self-editing, editing, pardon me. It forgets the bad and brings the good to the fore. And perhaps that editing process is a good thing. Perhaps it's good because it reminds us that the challenges of the present are fleeting. We remember the past in the hope that we, it will be mirrored in the future. And whatever's happening today... Well, it will sort itself out along the way. As we gather this morning on this first Sunday in Lent, we remember this story of our past, the story of the creation of all humanity. It is a story that is good. The author of the book of Genesis says that God created the plants and the trees and that they were pleasant to look at and that they brought forth food, and that the food was good to eat. And then God places the first human into that perfect place. Do you remember a time when life seemed perfect? Of course, the creation wasn't quite as perfect as we would like to think. Did you hear it in the story? Genesis tells us that God looked down on this perfect garden that he had created with trees that were pleasant to the sight, that gave to the man food that was good to eat. And yet Genesis tells us that God looked at the first human created to live in that place. And the first human was alone. And God determined that loneliness is not good. So God caused the deep sleep to fall upon that first human and created two from one. Ish and Isha, man and woman. And the garden was once more good. 
for one fleeting moment in the creation story, we glimpse the goodness that God intends in the creation. A goodness where there is no striving and no competitiveness for Ish and Isha, man and woman, are one. They complete one another. Do you remember a time when it was good? It's good to remember that time because then it seemed that things went awry, doesn't it? By the time we reach Paul writing to the early church, all the goodness seems to have gone out of the story and instead, well, it's not very good. Paul, Paul's encouragement to the church is reflect upon the things that are from above, not on the things that are of earth. All of a sudden, the perfection of the garden has gone away and in its place is left, well, sinfulness. One wonders how this perfect image became so stained by all of those things that are in that list that we heard read from Colossians this morning. Sexual immorality and impurity, passion and evil desire and greediness, which is adultery, or, which is idolatry, pardon me. As Paul articulates in this great list of our sins. But perhaps it's in those last words in the verse. That seem to encompass all the sins that we find the meaning. Which is idolatry? What happens when we put ourselves in the place of God? When blessings are forgotten and we act toward others as if they are not a part of us. Remember how that creation story from Genesis 2 speaks about the creation? The first human is put on the earth and then it is cleaved in two. So that man and woman are formed out of it. And there is completeness. The two become more than the one. Sometimes we don't need to look too far to deal with these difficult things that the Bible talks about. We've seen the recent protests in Ottawa, the embodiment of just such a desire to put self before community, to show callous disregard to others because you do not believe in the mores of society. And what is perhaps most disheartening of all in my, my thought is that this point of view is being upheld by a branch of the church and pastors across this nation. It is an idolatry that denies the central, centrality of community in our faith. The centrality of the community of the children of God that are found in the Hebrew scriptures. God, you see, does not choose individuals in scripture. God chooses family, community, nation to show forth the loving presence of God in this world. God's blessing is not limited to Abraham and Sarah. For indeed, God's blessing could not have been limited to Abraham and Sarah because what Abraham and Sarah defined as blessing was nothing less than an heir to continue their legacy on into the future. 
And so God's promise to Abraham and Sarah is, that, is a promise that he makes both to them and to their descendants after them. Descendants who will become as numerous as the stars of the sky or the sand, grains of sand upon the seashore. God's promise to Abraham and Sarah ends with these words. And by your offspring shall all of the nations of the world gain blessing for themselves. Because you have obeyed my voice. The story of Abraham and Sarah is not about how God blesses Abraham and Sarah. It, but how God blesses all of the nations through that blessing. To claim anything less is to usurp God from God's own story and thus to commit idolatry. Likewise, as we cast our eyes around the world today and look on as one world leader seeks to destroy perhaps one of the most productive lands in all of Europe because he claims it is his own, in some warped view of the history of his people, we are witnessing an act of idolatry and the perversion of God's good purposes. For surely when Vladimir Putin is done, all of the riches of that land of Ukraine will be lost for years as they seek to rehabilitate the land. Do you remember when it all seemed so perfect? But we remember the past so that we might have hope for our future. The gospel lesson for this morning tells of the first appearance of the resurrected Jesus on the first Easter morning. It's an it is interesting to note when Jesus appears on that first Easter morning, according to Mark, Jesus doesn't appear to Andrew or to Peter or to James or John, those disciples who had traveled with him up onto the mountaintop that we heard of last week. This inner group of disciples who always seemed to be present with Jesus when something big was happening. Those who seem to play this central role in Jesus' earthly ministry. But rather than that, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. So much mythology has developed in the church around Mary Magdalene and her life story. That it should be surprising. It should surprise you that Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. A woman... One thought by many down through the ages to, be, to have been a prostitute, although nowhere in scripture does it say that, let's be perfectly honest and clear. But it's her that we remember. It's her that the church has chronicled down through the centuries as the one who first sees the risen Jesus. She becomes the messenger of God's redemption. Why Mary? Perhaps, perhaps Jesus chose first to appear to Mary because Mary remembered where she had been. And Mary was celebrating where she was now as we come to this story. 
as Mark notes. Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene from whom he had cast out seven demons. While the disciples were still hiding and living in fear from the Roman authorities, still reliving the pain and the death of Jesus and mourning his loss, Mary is living in her new life, the life that Jesus had given to her. Mary could see the new thing that was happening in the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, while the disciples, even if Jesus had appeared to them himself, would have denied that it was really so. Perhaps on that first Easter morning then, Mary is the only one who can hear Jesus' message. Lent is often referred to as a journey. And as we begin our pilgrimage this year, through these Lenten days, it is good to remember the story, the whole story. To think to the past and hear how the story begins because it begins in goodness and it is pleasant to the sight of man and God. And it is good to remember how it will end with the Son of God overcoming the fear of death and hell and giving us new hope both for this day and for the future. How good is that? As we move through Lent and, re- and examine our own lives, where we have fallen short of our calling to God and where there are moments for improvement, we do so looking to the past and the promises we find in Scripture, knowing that there we find the goodness of God displayed for us. And we look for the, to the future in hope, knowing that as God has, has acted in the course of human history to save us from our sin, that God goes with us today. And God is our hope, both for today and for the future. We come this day to God's table. We celebrate all that God has done. And here at the table, we remember. It says it right across the front. Do this in remembrance of me. It is an invitation for us all to come to this place. To come into the presence of our Lord. And to pause for a moment and consider that question. Do you remember when life was perfect? Thanks be to God. Amen.